So, how are your bowels? They hurt. That is the honest truth. I am in pain as we speak, but I shan't refer to it on the podcast. Are you toxic in any way? I don't know. I don't think it's a bug, but now I'm starting to wonder if it is. I just thought it would get Mm. better, but it hasn't. Oh, anyway, well, there you are. So I've had severe gut rot for forty-eight hours. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm not in the same room yeah, as you. I'm glad you're not, or, or indeed the same county. <laughs> so no niceties, no no. How are you, Joe? Just get straight on with recording a podcast. Is that what you're saying? Well, I can't hang around anyway, because I've got Steve and Ian coming to dinner tonight. And they're coming from many miles. They are podcast listeners. Excellent. Yeah, I know. Are they coming, what are they coming to do? To sort of rebuke you in some way? Well, I would imagine so, but also because they want to um, find out about Soul Place and how we run it. I mean, at least Rachel's here, so she, they get sensible answers out of her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. So. Good. Well, welcome, everybody, to... Episode ninety four. Oh, that was that was like slow and boring and suddenly high energy. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, look, there are lots of reasons why I have to pace myself. Um, <laughs> episode ninety four of the Mid Faith Crisis Podcast. Yay! My name is Nick Page. There well, he is. Yeah, exactly. Old gut rot himself. Jay yes, Davis. indeed. Hello. Mm. Hello. <laughs> so welcome back. Welcome Thank home. You. Thank you. Thank How you. was your holiday? It was lovely. Yeah, I love that part of the world. Went up the northeast. Oh, were my... you up there? Yeah. So I know nothing Durham. because I didn't get a postcard. Uh, but that's okay. No, you, know, you always send me postcards, don't you? You're you're very lovely. Because I'm a friend. That's how it works. Although I wouldn't want to share with with the listeners some of the postcards you have sent me. Which would be rather <laughs> disturbing. Possibly not. Ones from certain beaches in Mexico. Um, <laughs> no, well, we only we. <laughs> I went up to the northeast, which is lovely, up to Sedgefield. Oh. I, do, I love that part of the world. Oh, I just really like it. Even the industrial areas have a kind of grandeur and beauty to them, I think. It's odd. Yes, Probably they do. would feel different if I lived there, but, yeah. you know, I just I love it. Yeah. Mm, good. Highlights. So very nice. Highlights of the whole? Uh, all bird watching at a place called Salt Home oh. RSPB Reserve, oh. which is kind of in the in the in the sort of shadow of all this sort of power stations and big things oh, really? like that. Yeah. Yeah. But there you see peregrine falcons oh, and all goodness. kinds of stuff. Wonderful. Nice. Well, yeah. I'm not jealous at all. Don't worry about me. No. Back home, just working. Have you been time. working hard? I hope. I have been working reasonably hard. Yeah. 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 Mm. Oh yeah. Now listen. Here's the question mm. that not only I'm asking, but lots of people are asking, which oh. is, how is your mate Steve? He is uh, pretty good, considering he is as, yeah. as good as uh, good as could possibly be expected. I, I, here's the thing, you know, I was pretty cut up that day, and uh, uh, I, I sort of asked people yeah. if they'd pray, and then I thought afterwards, well, you know, why, why are you doing this? Because it won't even go out till sort of Saturday. Saturday, and we recorded on the Tuesday, didn't we? Yeah, and then I realised that. That well, later on we heard that he the danger after he's had a bleed on the brain basically, and the, so the yeah. danger period runs from the fourth day after that up until day ten, yeah, and it peaks at day eight, and that's the danger that you could get a stroke or you could right. get another bleed or all kinds of things, and then I realised that day eight was in fact Saturday, so it felt very comforting. Oh you know, right, without so going that was into the day it, it, it just yeah, felt yeah. very comforting that it had no at those peak periods some people were praying and and miraculously there's no. 
at the moment he's very tired. He's home. He's very Great. tired, but he's there's no complications at the moment. We just we don't know what's going to happen beyond this. Okay. But thanks ever so much for everybody's prayers yeah. and concern. It's uh, uh, that's a real comfort. Yeah. So it's all good. It's as good as it possibly could be. Thank you. Yeah, we'll yeah. send him our best wishes. I will. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Great. And you know, reminded me he can give to the podcast still. I will. Yeah. As a, yeah. I, I, yeah. I did text him quite. You know, the other day, yeah. my true pastoral skills, and said, yeah. uh, "How are you? Can you remember your own name?" And, uh, <laughs> yeah. He texted back with the word, "Is it Dave?" <laughs> I'm going to call him Dave from now on. That's a fairly good guess, to be fair, isn't it? It's not bad, yeah. It's either Steve or Dave, if you're a Christian, isn't it, really? Anyway, great. Okay. So, um, well, here we are. And Mm. I'm guessing tomorrow, when this goes out, is the first day of Advent. Is that right? I've got that right, haven't I? (laughs) Well, it's the first Advent Sunday. Fourth fourth Sunday before Christmas is the first Advent Sunday, yeah. Yeah. It's normally the first Sunday in December around that, but it can be late. late How are Christmas then. preparations going in the Page household? Uh, uh, well, I've got as far as me swearing at the John Lewis advert, which is the normal. <laughs> There's no change there. It's the normal entry into <laughs> the now traditional entry into Christmas. Uh, we haven't really done anything. It feels a bit weird for us this year because um, our kids actually turned around and said to us, Oh, look, no, no presents. We don't want presents. Yeah. That's a weird thing. It's normally the other way around, isn't it? The parents saying, and, and we don't want presents. But like, this is the first time. So we're actually not getting each other any presents. That's the first time I went and bought my kids. It feels weird and strange. I mean, I, I thoroughly approve, but it's bad. Right. Can I advise you on this? Yes. I advise you, get that in writing. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I'll tell you what happens. People say to you, yeah. oh, we won't do presents this year. You know, let's not do presents. Let's do that. Oh, and, and then they get you presents. And they buy you a present. That is so irritating. Don't you hate that? It's like, right, right. you can't have the joy of giving. Only we can. Yeah. Self, self, self. <laughs> exactly. Makes and, me and Claire, mad. my wife always looks at me as if I've, you know, yeah. she said, you, you know, she'll say to me, but you said they said we weren't giving presents. I said, yeah, I know they weren't. They, I'd got it wrong. I know. Yeah, so I was getting trouble for it for some reason. So uh, yeah, get it, get it contractually obligated. Okay. Yeah, we're doing a very simple Christmas. All our our girls are going. No, let's keep it really simple. They don't have any money. Yeah. They're all students or layabouts. No, no. Well, and they're all children of a writer. So what do you expect? <laughs> this is true. Yeah, exactly. This is true. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, yes, it, it, it's approaching. How about are you doing anything special for Christmas? Well, or? no. I think you know we just agreed that when we do get together, we'll. Um, We'll eat well and enjoy those sort of things because we're all such foodies slash yes. pigs. But yeah, yes. so that's good. Yes, it comes as no surprise to listeners. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's a fairly open really? secret, isn't it? Yeah, okay, yeah. shall we move on to feedback? Shall we? Okay, just a couple. Uh, okay, yeah, I think that's right. So, uh, Dawn. Hey, it's Dawn. Hi, Hello, Dawn. Dawn. And she says, hi, Joe and Nick. I hope you're both really well and staying out of the freezing cold water over there. You... Regular listeners may remember the time that is now gone down in mid-faith crisis folklore of the time a lovely American went swimming in our 
fair waters at the Yeah, Abbey. but she didn't go swimming in the winter. It was the summer. It was <laughs> lovely know, and warm. Which is what made it so funny. She <laughs> says, honestly, I laugh at your banter about early hour rising and frequent holidays. That's a bit rude. Do we have frequent holidays? Uh, oh. She says, as you call them there, but it's usually out of envy because I think your American cousins have gotten the work-life, work-rest balance all wrong. I agree with that. You know, most Americans I know only have two weeks holiday a year. Two weeks! I know. And they come over here. I know. That's not living, is it? Uh, even worse. Yeah, we'll sort that out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she says this. Sorry. Uh, I want to tell you uh, how much your recent podcasts have meant to me. As always, I'm encouraged, brought to tears, made to think deeply and brought to often painful laughter at your conversations. And any day I do the exam and when I've listened to the MFC, you guys are definitely in the consolation category. Well, that's encouraging. That's nice. She says, I'm especially grateful these last few months. My mum died unexpectedly on August the 7th while I was hiking the Camino de Santiago. Oh. And in the moment I found out, my life was changed. Since then, it's been an incredibly difficult season of one painful thing after another for my immediate family and my husband's family. And the amount of suffering around me is so incredibly heavy as I continue to grieve for the loss of my mom. For weeks, I could not focus on reading or listening to anyone's words. And so the MFC podcast just piled up as I spent time in silence. When I began to listen again, I was grateful for a whole slew of ones to catch up on. Thanks to you moving to the more frequent episodes, thank you, and I still in honesty have to catch up on the episodes of discussion around Nick's book. It took a long time for me to get it here from across the pond, as everyone seems to love saying. However, to find that I tuned in just as you were discussing death and all of the myriad ways people responded to and connected with that topic was truly a gift. I was so touched, encouraged and comforted by the discussion and grateful for a place to feel free to feel the depth and width of what remains a very, very difficult season. One of the very greatest gifts to me of your presence in our podcast world is a sense of community and even solidarity that comes from knowing despite our differences, there is so much in life that unites us all. I found comfort in listening to the stories of your listeners' letters and the deeply respectful, honouring and kind way in which you read and honoured them. Thank you for venturing into these difficult topics with gentleness, kindness, grace, grit, honesty and yes, always laughter. I always wanted to let you know that I find that I am recommending your podcast frequently to those I am practising spiritual direction with and again and again the feedback is that those who listen are so grateful for your words as I am always. Thank you for what you do in the little corner of the digital world. It's so, so, so important. And I'm truly grateful with love, peace and light. Dawn. Huh. Oh. Well, thanks, Dawn. I'm sorry to hear that news. And um, yeah. Yeah. Bless you. I do think the last few podcasts have been, you know, they've been quite yeah. a humbling experience. Because I never, I never feel I know what I'm talking about, really. So, well, you know, that's really nice I to never know feel that. you know what you're talking about. No, this so is true. You have that in So that's really nice to know. Well, don't you always feel yeah, like, course, yeah. oh, who are we to do this thing? But I think the thing is, we never set ourselves up as the experts. And what became obvious reading the emails is the experts are out there. So yes. it's nice what she's saying about the community, <laughs> isn't it? This and is how to do people, it, isn't it? Yeah, when people write into us and, and, and share vulnerably and openly this deep stuff, man, it connects, doesn't it? Anyway, we'll get back to the normal drivel soon. Yes, yes. You wait till the last bit of this programme. We've got got zilch to say, really. Exactly. Let's let's get back to the Californian whiffle. That's what I say. Indeed. Okay, Mark says this. Hi, Joe, Nick. I've been catching up on the podcast since talking with Nick at the mysteriously named Bush Conference. (laughs) (laughs) That was very good. I liked that. Is it? He says... 
Love the idea of thin places. I have discovered mine is a Thursday evening anywhere in the village where I live. Why? Because it is church bell ringing practice night and the sound of the bells in the village creates a lovely atmosphere. Being a reformed charismatic a few years ago, this would have been positively an impossibility, but I'm glad to say it isn't now. I listened to you and Nick talk about the nativity and I remember the chapter in Nick's book, The Wrong Messiah. Not being able to find my copy, I purchased another one in an electronic form, I believe. Nick isn't a fan of. Anyway, read the chapter, so was all informed on inns, stables, etc. by the end of Monday. Tuesday, our little one comes home from school and starts giving us the whole busy pub story. Ugh. <laughs> I wish we could get this narrative changed. Anyway, thanks to the podcast. Where's Ethel sad old person from Upper Ramsbottom gone? Did you offend her? <laughs> that it's, diff- it's impossible to offend Ethel. It is. <laughs> <I say. laughs> uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, no. Well, thank you, Mark. Yes, it is. That narrative is, is um, well, it's, it's sort of centuries old now. It's, the, the sort of whole stable thing dates back to Renaissance. So it's very hard to change that, really. I'm not sure whether it makes a great deal of difference in the long run, certainly not to children. But I suppose when you look at it and see the differences, so the basic argument is that there is no stable because it's not mentioned in, in, no, sure. in, in no. the Gospels. It's much more likely that the, the, the manger was inside the ordinary peasant home, basically. Yeah, exactly. So there's no innkeeper and no yeah. stable. I think always the really important thing to teach children at Christmas is that Santa is an anagram of Satan and therefore if they believe in him in any way, they're worshipping Satan. And I think so long as you put that plank in place... Yes, <laughs> and so talking of that, we have got a letter from somebody who probably does believe in that. Oh, really? So I've got a bit of feedback here. Uh, funnily enough, Mark mentioned um, yeah. Ethel and she's, she's oh. written in, so perhaps I can share that Bless with her. you now. Yes. Mm. Dear Reverend and Mrs Davis... I realise it's been some time since I rebuked you electronically, but something in my inward being has moved me to make contact. I believe it's an urging of the Lord, although it could be trapped wind. (laughs) Anyway, I imagine that, as usual, we'll be saying something about what is heretically called Christmas. May I remind you that here at the Stone the Heathen Tabernacle of Grace we do not celebrate any festivals, apart from our regular service of remembrance for the overhead projector, and we refuse to tolerate anything with the word mass in it. Recently, we even expelled one of our members for using mascara. Although I have to admit, Brother Bernard did look quite dashing. But I digress. The point is, please do not promote the celebration of this spiritual darkness. Let us instead wait patiently, quietly and indeed tediously for the return of the Lord and the joyous punishment of all who think differently to us. Yours in blessed assurance, Ethel Saddle, person, Mrs. She's back, everybody. It's nice to have her back. (laughs) What a great reminder of the true meaning of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that, Ethel. That's great. Funnily enough, though... The last bit about waiting for the return of the Lord is really leads us into into Advent, which is what we're going to talk about. Good, because frankly, as a, a good Baptist, I know so little about Advent, really. Yes. There's four candles. Four candles. Four candles. <laughs> and, that's uh, a joke that's going to go immediately over the heads of any of our American listeners, I think. Yeah, I know. Uh, we should put a link up to we that. We will put a link to one of the greatest <laughs> comedy sketches. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But... Um, Yes, so four candles, then they mean something different, Mm. uh, presumably. Um, But you're an Anglican, so you understand these things. Uh, (laughs) I'm an Anglo-Baptocostal, we've been through this. Okay, so I think that uh, Advent potentially has the possibility of being a very good time 
for people in that questioning stage of their faith, yeah. like us lot. So, uh, yes. with, without further ado, what on earth is Advent all about? Okay, well, um, the interesting thing, I think, about Advent is it is, liturgically speaking, if I may speak liturgically... Would you? Thank you. I can do. Uh, it's really the church's new year. Actually, this is... New Year starts here. This should be our New Year episode. We should just say Happy New Year right now. Let's do it. Happy New Year, okay. everyone. Happy New Year. To <laughs> Happy, Happy New, new year. Liturgical Year to you. Thank you. Because um, a lot of the kind of... Um, uh, since about the 7th century, I think, so most liturgical books have begun with Advent because it's preparation for the arrival of... Uh, the Messiah, arrival of Jesus, and 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 that's kind of the the beginning, as it were, of the church year. The church year takes you through the life of Christ, basically. That's yeah. the whole point of it. Um, it's it, it, the other thing that we don't get about Advent is that it's actually a time of fasting, or was traditionally a time of fasting. The whole pattern of liturgy for mm. um, the early Christians was. Fast and feast. So every well, time you've got I've a feast coming up, I've already gone off it. I know you have. You see, <laughs> but but you're supposed to fasting is about preparation. It's probably because um, you know for for the early church, the big festival was around this time. It was not really Christmas. It was Epiphany, which is mm. January the sixth. So it's, which was mm. the actually that was sort of linked into Christmas later on. But it was the celebration of Jesus' baptism, and right. and therefore you used to have baptisms on that that day okay. so it's a bit so, cold though now so yeah, yeah a bit cold so they moved them they yeah, moved them good. to to, to, to easter um but it, but basically it was a bit of time of fasting so you prepared for for the the feast uh yeah. really um and, and it varied from where you went different places had different lengths of fast so the longest kind of fasting is in um i think in in rome i think it was which was like a six-week fast or something mm. And you wouldn't eat. You wouldn't never fast at Sundays, by the way. You know any of these fasting things. You you never fast on Sundays because Sundays are days yeah. of celebration. So you yeah, never do yeah. that. So, uh, but gradually it's got got whittled down, and so the fast sort of then was about um, four weeks. And and so the whole thing is about preparing for the coming of the Lord. And the coming of the Lord is is liturgically kind of in three ways. Uh, without getting too heavy, it's it's mm. it's Christmas, so it's the the birth. Yeah. It's also the daily kind of um, arrival of the Lord in our lives, you know. But the daily kind of um, identifying with with uh, it with Christ in our hearts means it's, it's a kind of daily thing. Mm. And it's also the end times, the eschatological thing, the the second coming, which is what Ethel was. Well, they're just fitting about. everything into it now, aren't they? Surely. It's just... Well, Advent merely means approach. <laughs> That's all it means. It's from Latin, mm. Adventus. It means approach. Mm. So it means it means something is coming, returning, mm. coming. Okay. So, right. um, okay. you know, so that's what it's about, really. It's a time when we actually prepare for the coming of Christ. So, so really, what does that mean for us? I suppose, you know, we should look at it at a time of waiting, hopefully, which is where it does... Yeah, I think link in with mid faith crisis because Absolutely. you know it's yeah. here we are in the winter in the darkness, but we're waiting hopefully for for a return for a birth. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's where it where it is. So um, first Sunday of Advent, which was coming up for you know the first candles, for normally the first two weeks of yeah. talk, talking about the return of Christ actually the okay. um, the consummation of all things. And uh, and then later on you sort of get on to 
John the Baptist and the preparation for the birth kind of thing. Okay. But um, yeah, so that, that's that. There you are, a little potted history of. Well, that's tremendous. Of so, Advent. So here we are on Advent Eve, oh. and um, week one, we got four candles to four, four candles, candles four candles. <laughs> What's the first candle all about? Well, it is about. It's it's normally. Um, is this the prophet's uh, candle? Is it? Or did... It is prophets, but it's pr- prophecy of the return, basically. Okay. The the hope that we have. Great. Uh, for all of creation, really, that's what it's about. Wow. It's, um, and, and you know, there's a political manifesto. Oh yeah. Lord. Yeah. You know, no, don't don't bring us down, really. Let's <laughs> <No. laughs> ignore that, all that. That's great, and uh, well, I and I agree with you. I I mean, I think. Potentially, this is a good time. And the the metaphor that strikes me is mid-faith crisis is that time of, you know, like you don't know what you believe anymore and you're kind of questioning everything. And it's like, what's left? And if we take this Bible metaphorically, you know, can we really trust it? What bit's true? And then you're quite asking questions about God. And if God's not a male, how do we address God? And, you know, you spend so long sort of deconstructing. I think mm. for people in that place, the hope, of Christ is the hope of it coming together again. The light mm. at the end of the tunnel. The mm. light I've been in this tunnel of deconstruction and questioning and 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 going to people looking for answers and not getting satisfactory answers and wondering what church and faith is all about. But but the real hope I think at that point is actually I can see I can start to see again that there's hope the other side of it. And that Christ is is becoming known to me in new ways. In fact, I I came across this thing. We're in this book, uh, The Heart of Christianity. It's a, it's a Marcus Ball book in Soul Place at the moment, and it's it's just a, a really fantastic book. As the book suggests, it's trying to strip everything back to well, what really does it mean to be a Christian and a follower mm. of Jesus, and 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 therefore what is the church and all those kind of things. But we came across this bit last week and he talked about the wholesale God and the retail God, which already sounds quite offensive at <laughs> this time of year. But I just I just found this so helpful and hopeful. And I thought you'd like those titles. So, so I thought I'd just check this out for our listeners. And see, see how this sounds to you. So. So here it is. Here's the difference between the wholesale God and the retail God. And if this isn't Californian riffle for you, I don't know what it is. So the, the wholesale God is the great, mystical, utterly unnameable I am. And we've talked about this a lot in this podcast. You know, God is, what is God? Ultimate reality is God being itself. Is God the ground of our being? The wondrous more. You know, it's that... It's that kind of indescribable. It's that God who is in every particle in the entire universe, who fills every space. It's Christ in all things. It's, but it's beyond words. It's beyond description. It's just this kind of mystical being. Perhaps it is everything that is. And, you know, we've said many times, or I've said many times on this podcast, the question is not, does God exist? The question is, does anything else exist? So, you know, we, we've got this kind of mystical, unknowable presence, but then we've mm. talked about, but how do you have a relationship with the presence? How do you address mm. that? You know, how do you... And, um, you know, we've talked about little Marty Boober. Incidentally, it must, it's Christmas. 
he must do it, it. His, his Christmas album will be out Martin <laughs> Buber's yeah Have Thou Self um, <laughs> yes and I Thou Christmas <laughs> but Marty Buber was was that <laughs> Martin Buber the yes. wonderful thing. little Marty Buber yeah said you know that God is an I Thou not an I It and I think when we've had these sort of conversations you've been quick to say well that's very unsatisfactory for me because I don't feel I can have a relationship with a force yes. or an energy so what what Borg said here was well well, if you like, the wholesale God is this force, this energy, this unnameable, this unspeakable, you know, big thing. So how does God get known to us? How does God move from an I-it to an I-thou? And that's when he talks about the retail God. And the retail God is is a God we can actually begin to get our heads around and have a relationship with and understand and so that God moves from being an it, if you like, to more of a personable uh, right. title. And of course, there, well, therein comes the hope of Christmas and what okay. we will doubtless all be celebrating on the 25th. So, so two, two things out of that. I mean, one is, just to clarify, I think uh, Boober is brilliant. And I've read mm. Ireland several times and mm. don't understand most of it, because, but I'm not sure he did either. Um, <laughs> and I certainly but, didn't. <laughs> but it's, it is that concept of moving from mm. an I, from an it relationship to a you mm. relationship is, mm. is, has been something that I found profoundly yeah. important oh, yeah. in, my, uh, in recent years. So I, I want to acknowledge that. And his Christmas albums, as we said, are wonderful. Mm. Um, I don't understand the wholesale and retail. Oh, well, so, why, so, okay. why those names? No, well, that, I, okay. I, I, can't, I can okay. understand what he's saying. So, what he's saying is like there's two these two views. Yeah. You've got this big yeah. God, okay, okay. And, but that we can't have a relationship with what? that big force. So, it bring, comes down the incarnation is about. So, okay, uh, let me. Is that I right? Is that what he's saying? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So, you know, we can't love a force or an energetic field. No. But we can love a person. So, for us, Jesus becomes. Uh, this God that we can get our head around. What, yes. if we we want to know what God's like. Let's look at Jesus. Oh, he's telling us to love our enemies. Oh, he's telling us to forgive people. Oh, he's telling us that there's abundant life available. So, so we we follow Jesus and we get to know the great unspeakable. We get to know the wholesale God. So, but, so, and this is where we might lose people, or I might lose you, as the case may be, is that he's saying, if you like, for Christianity... Jesus is our retail God. But for another religion, Krishna might be the retail God. Or oh, for okay. another oh, religion... Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you see where this is going? So actually what's interesting when you study the great world religions is often the mystics in those religions speak of something that all sounds incredibly similar because they describe the wholesale God. But the retail gods can and do tend to look a bit different when they get expressed through their own religious traditions. So that's the idea. So the analogy is a wholesaler like Booker's or whatever the ones are. Uh, I don't know. It's been years since I went to a wholesale right. outlet. But the idea is that you've got this wholesale thing, but you take that and you give it a kind of its own identity in your own little retail outlet. And you decide what you get to sell and what uh, okay. you buy and you're selective and you're blah, 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 blah. Right. But actually, yeah, that's that's where it comes from. Is okay. that clear-ish? Yeah. I found I, it quite helpful. 
yeah, I, you know, well, you're right. We are back at Californian Wiffle, aren't we? Really, but but Borg's a bit like that. I I think the that is the, the heart, the incarnation, though, is yeah. about actually yeah. uh, the Christ-like God. Give us something we can understand, and 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 I do think that's really that's really important. And the the scandal of Christianity, if you like, or is that not just that we say that that um, Christ was a bit like God, but actually God is exactly like Christ. That's yes, the, that's, exactly. That's the challenge. Yeah, us. yeah. And that, I think that has massive kind of implications when we think about you know the birth and the incarnation and all what that what that means. There's a whole load of stuff to to unpack there. But but uh, yeah, he's personalising it. So how do we kind of bring that together? Well, I think one yeah. of the ways that occurs to me straight away is that if we bring that thing about uh, preparation in, about Advent as a time of preparing, as a time mm. of fasting, waiting, hopefully. Yeah. You know, I, for me, it's about always about waiting, hopefully, for that encounter with yeah, with God, really. If I'm honest, you know, I don't live my life in a, in a sort of that cloud mm. of relationship with God. you know do you know what i mean yeah, i don't live yeah. my life in that intense but, but i wait patiently for those moments when it yeah and they're often quite unexpected moments yes in fact i could tell you about a moment today but before i do can i can i get a quote in which comes from this same chapter about the uh, retail okay. and wholesale god and it's um he quotes frederick buchner who i'm sure we have quoted here before who's just a fantastic writer and you know we're talking about if god is not an impersonal force or energy if god is more like a living presence who is with you and who you can address as a you you know because we don't want to call god it well i don't Mm. we can and certainly for me going through mid-faith christ you remember we've got touchy about you know we always call god he and we should call god she sometimes and all the rest of it actually um we can relax about it a bit because we know god isn't a male or a female but actually, we want to use pronouns because that makes God more personal. Um, so I, yes. you know, I don't. If someone calls God He in front of me, I tend, I tend not to get all tetchy. Well, you shouldn't call God He. No, because that's missing the point altogether. I mean, it isn't helpful as we've explored many times when your dominant narrative is so male mm. um, for various reasons. But it is at least, you know, at least we have to return the other side of the crisis to going. Yeah, we call God He. Yeah, we call God She. We call God whatever sometimes, but. That's okay. Anyway, if God is his personal presence in our lives, then how do how does God speak? How does God listen? You know, how do we listen to God? And this lovely quote from Frederick Buchner says this. He says, listen to your life. Listen to what happens to you, because it is through what happens to you that God speaks. It's in language that's not always easy to decipher, but it's there powerfully, memorably and unforgettably. Mm. And I just thought that was that was really good. I think God shows up in your life and it, it, it is, you know, the mess of your life and the struggles and the, you know, the mundanity sometimes and everything really is the point at which God comes to us. There isn't a separate spiritual life somewhere else. I mean, for all that's good about going on retreats and silence, and I totally agree in all those things, actually it is... The everyday stuff of life where God shows up. And I was, mm. I was, I'll say this. You can edit this out if you want. Um, I was at a funeral today at my old church. I mean, the church that has been a cause of some anxiety for me in the past, as we may have said. 
And it was weird. It was weird going back to the church. There was a funeral there. So a lovely chap died and it was an incredible funeral. And I went to uh, I went to the church and I got stuck behind a massive banner sign because <laughs> the place was full and it said a church where everyone can belong and I started smirking to myself yeah everyone except me <laughs> it turns yeah. out and, and you know for all those well you've got to have limits yeah, yeah I know and, <laughs> and you know I was I could feel my little you know judgment coming and you know a little bit of anger rising and as quick as a flat just as it started rising I was looking at the people there. I mean, it was packed and the lovely people and who welcomed me with such joy. It was really touching. And just to catch you, this is a really, this is a really good church. I mean, it hasn't got everything right and it hasn't got everything straight. And I would disagree with some of the way some people, but, but it's fundamentally good. It's a lovely, it's a lovely community. And I don't think everyone can be belong there, but lots of people can. Mm. and it's terrific and it just sort of I felt like <laughs> I felt like the diviner was saying to me and that is like you Joe you're capable of being really great and loving you're equally you know you're equally capable of being a right pain in the neck and selfish and operating from those motives and and I suppose in that sense a church reflects the people who make it up you know mm. it is a it is both at the same time truly wonderful truly loving truly and also it's got its dark side and the wonderful thing is that god accepts it and that mm. god accepts me as mm. both joe the sinner and joe the saint mm. and i think you know even that there's a little bit of hope coming through through to me um that there is this god who is not outside of time and not far far away judging us and making us feel all terrible and guilty about all the rotten things we do there's a god who loves us unconditionally and actually once you start to live in the truth of that you can forgive other people their failings and learn to see them as god loves them anyway that was the little message that came through that little episode today for me well it's nice i think you see i so think trying to think through what's happening here is what when you think Advent is a time of preparation, it's a time of yeah. almost being alert, you know, waiting for God to turn up, waiting for Christ to arrive. Yeah. And I think that's perhaps an attitude that would help us yeah. in life. Um, so there you were, you know, yeah, and God suddenly arrives in your life at that point. You weren't sort of expecting that, but that's how that happens. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that obviously God is always here. It's not like he's, he's sort of away, but... You know, you're just aware. It's a time of looking for signs, yeah. I think. It's a yeah, time exactly. of, of, of waiting patiently, sometimes even disappointedly. You know, something yeah. sort of frustratedly. All that's in the prophets, you know, that if we're concentrating on the prophets, you know. And disappointment means somebody who hasn't turned up. It's but disappointment. I, yeah. They've missed the appointment. So, yeah. you know, I think that's what I think we should try and do maybe, or maybe I, who am I to tell people what to do, but... To look for the signs of God and to Absolutely. wait for Christ to arrive in our lives. And, and and there's always a point, I think, in, in the day when that happens. There's always a point in our lives. Yeah, when yeah I think so. And sometimes we notice it and sometimes we don't notice it. But for me, the thing is, I mean, if you like, the first coming of Jesus, for me personally, was, you know, when I became a Christian language. Oh. 
um, <laughs> which I don't really hold much store in that language anymore. But, you know, I, when I did, gave my heart to Jesus and all that stuff uh, as a 14-year-old uh, lad. But the second and third, and we've talked about this before, haven't we? Yeah, it's not yeah. just the second coming, it's the 400th coming of Jesus. Actually, I don't know what number it was today, but it, but it was very much... This is Christ returning to my heart that I've kept. Yes, I've kept a little Which bit. Which is exactly what Christ. I was saying earlier. Yeah. So the, the, the Advent oh. is about the the comings of Christ. The yeah. Christmas daily in our hearts. I like that. and at some unspecified that, date in the future. I think about it. That's great, isn't it? I love it. Yeah, there we so are. So there we are. Well, I think we should stop there while we've made <laughs> modicum <laughs> of sort of structural sense yes. by sheer Thank accident. You. And may Christ come to you, dear listeners, over and over and over again. Yes. As you travel through. And whatever the darkness is, um, here's the hope of Advent. that The, the light is there. The, the light is there and will become brighter. Excellent. Um, we'll be back in, in a week, I suppose. Thank you very much for listening. See you. Have a great week.